0: Hello, and welcome back to KPMG's GTA Come As You Are podcast. My name is Brittany Iarachi, and this is the show where we connect with members of our KPMG community on a variety of topics and learn about their stories, experiences, and share their resources. Now, this is your time to take a break. Make a coffee, have your lunch, Or if you haven't been outside yet and you're able to, use this time to get some fresh air while you listen to our newest episode from our second podcast series called This Is Me Striving to Thrive, where we are going to talk about all things mental health. Whether you are focused on proactively taking care of your mental health, treating a mental illness, or being there for a family, friend, or colleague who is struggling, there is something for everyone in this podcast series. I have Ilario joining me again today to continue this important conversation. Thanks for being here, Ilario.
1: Thank you for having me, Brittany.
0: Over the last few weeks, we have talked about breaking stigma, developing resiliency, and finding balance, all in an effort to strive to thrive. Across all of our conversations, there has been one theme that has come up time and time again, community. We are not meant to live in isolation from one another. We need each other for care, connection, and support. How has someone been there for you during a difficult time, Malario? What What did they do, or that you appreciated?
1: Uh, I can remember a couple of instances in particular that really continued to resonate with me. Um, you know, and all of them were. Very simple small acts and of kindness, right? And they're just those often overlooked acts, I think that uh, that just really resonate because that I think those in those moments people really show them true selves and their compassion and their kindness. Um, so, you know, it, whether it was a colleague really just pushing me to get out of the office and to go grab lunch or grabbing me lunch and then coming and sitting with me to make sure that, I actually ate um, and that they were also making sure that I wasn't alone, right? In those times, um, there have also been times, you know, a performance manager that knew I was struggling um, and they became a sounding board They and they weren't providing guidance. They weren't providing, they were just there hearing me out and letting me vent and letting me um, get it all out and share and um, that like those at those times, those people really showed they cared and showed a great amount of compassion. Those ones really resonated with me. And those are the times where, you know, I I look back and I'm probably the most appreciative of what those people have done. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And and like you said, it can be those small things, right? They 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 add up and they do have an impact. And I think in isolation, sometimes those individual small things we can overlook or people can feel like they don't have an impact, but they they do make a difference.
1: Oh, yes. If you've ever been at Tim Hortons and the person ahead of you buys your coffee, just the impact it has on your day. Just, yes. It sets the tone, right? That small happened acts to me once. Kin- oh, those, <laughs> those, those small random acts of kindness, I think, are the best.
0: Yeah. Um, One thing I've always appreciated is when someone asks twice. And it, it sounds kind of silly, but w- when you think about it, how often do you ask somebody how they're doing and you're kind of just doing it as a formality and you're not really intentionally saying, how are you?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> but sometimes somebody might respond and go, yeah, I'm okay. And we just move on. We go on and focus on business. What's the purpose of the meeting? What do we need to accomplish? But I remember the first time someone asked me a second time. They said, that doesn't sound too convincing. Is everything okay? And it really kind of took me back for a moment because I wasn't, I thought I was hiding myself. So I thought, well, how did you know? How did you notice? Yeah. But also it really allowed me to have the space to share a little bit. Um, and even if I didn't feel comfortable sharing, it at least let me know that they were thinking about me and they noticed. And that if I wanted to reach out, that I know that was somebody I could connect with. Asking that second question of how are you doing or how are you really doing.
1: I, I get that a lot. Yeah, a it makes of my mentors, a difference. Yeah, they, the, the, How are you doing? I'm doing good. And then, no, but. How are you really doing? Because uh, they can sense it. And yeah, it's very appreciative when they do that. It really shows mm-hmm. they care.
0: It does. Another time I remember a friend, kind of out of the blue, just brought me a bag of sour candies to work <laughs> for me. And it seems, again, like this little thing. But that simple and thoughtful gesture really made an impact on me and let me know that they were thinking about me when I was going through a difficult time. Yeah. Not only do we rely on others when we are struggling with mental health, but friends, family, and colleagues may also struggle with supporting others with their mental health challenges.
1: I mean, yes. I, no one struggles alone. We, we all know this. Um, you know, when you're dealing with a mental health matter, I think, you know, most of us in that moment will feel alone. It, it is just that sense that you get at the time. Um, but... They are not the only ones affected. You know, there is this sense of loneliness and despair. But in reality, what happens is it, it's that pebble dropping in the water effect, right? They are the they're the pebble, the center of it, and then that ripple effect occurs. And everyone who's within that ripple will feel it in that circumstance. Um, everyone that we interact with is inter- is impacted in one way or another. I think. It's evident, you know, the effect on our families and those closest to us. I think what often gets overlooked is, okay, but what about our colleagues that we're working with that need to pick up the slack or that we may act in a negative fashion because we're not at our best? Or yeah. um, I think about my staff when I'm not at my best, how am I really being the best manager, the best mentor, the best teacher to them?
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I know I'm not. So, And the list goes on and on. Like. Am I really being that kind to people in the grocery store, the barista who's getting my coffee? And you do have an effect. We're social animals. Um, You know, when I'm having a mental health issue or or I'm dealing with something in that realm, it's going to come through socially in all my social interactions. So important to remember.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I know I've felt the toll on my own mental health when being there for loved ones. And I know the pressure I've inadvertently placed on on them when I'm struggling. And your comment around just at the grocery store, or at a coffee shop, I've never really thought about it, that aspect. But as soon as you said it, I had a bit of an aha moment myself. Yeah. Um, because it, it is easy to... to to show those signs of struggle to those those yeah. people you don't know them and well, and it can be easy just to show up not your best in those situations
1: and, and and remember like have if you've ever been in a a Starbucks when someone's having one of those moments and they're how did that make you feel like yeah to say that they're Attitude, their struggle, their their feelings, their emotions are not impacting you. Yeah, that would be a lie. I mean, I feel it. Yeah, it's true. Right, right away.
0: It's true. Well, and I think in the other realm, um, if you're walking down the street and someone smiles and says, "Hey, how are you doing?" Great,
1: it's fantastic
0: (laughs) because you're not expecting it, and so you can feel our feelings and our behaviors impact people, even strangers, for both you know, good and bad. I agree. How has your mental health impacted others in your life?
1: You know, looking back, I can see a lot more clearly how it affected many people. Uh, you know, cl- obviously the largest impact I can see was definitely my immediate family. Um, but as I mentioned, you know, the effect I had on, it had on my teams and some of my friendships, that took, that took a longer time for me to be able to appreciate Um I, I, you know, looking back on it, you know, clearly my teams, as I said, they didn't get the best side of me at those times. Um, you know, I wasn't able to be the best coach. I wasn't able to be the best mentor. Um, you know, I struggled to make decisions. So Mm. my team had to then deal with probably a little bit more stress because I wasn't able to be that confident leader that I needed to be at those times. Um, but, uh, the family first and foremost it's so easy to see it because um you, you know the the le- the amount of interaction there was just so much greater
0: yeah i was just reflecting i think for sure when it comes to family because i i think a lot of times your family is your safe space mm-hmm. and so you can you're not filtering as much of yourself yeah. in, in those settings but when I also think at work, it's oftentimes been close work colleagues that have brought to my attention when I'm struggling. Even yep. I knew I was struggling, but I I don't think I realized the impact I was having on people that I worked with um, until they had said to me, "Are is everything okay? Like you're not you're not yourself." But like you said, nobody struggles alone. And, you know, when I look back, I can see how when I'm not in a good place, it really can kind of suck the energy out of the room. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think looking back, I probably also made those closest to me feel like they couldn't really do anything right.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of why I mentioned like the friendships, the impact on those friendships, because it was really easy in those moments to alienate myself from my friends. Yes. because the le- the less interactions I could have at that time was probably was what made me feel better because then I could kind of sulk and yes. be sad, yeah. etc. So for certain,
0: I, I can understand that for sure. Well, and I think too, I didn't always know what I needed, mm-hmm. and so they were trying, but it just. It wasn't what I needed, but I didn't know what I needed, and so it was almost easier to isolate.
1: Exactly. That's yeah. A, that's a great way of looking at
0: it. Yeah. When we're supporting others, we do need to learn how to recognize signs of struggle, how to start a mental health conversation, how to build trust and offer practical support, how to be a better listener, how to set healthy boundaries, how to access resources, and how to maintain your own mental health at the same time you're supporting someone else who's struggling. Have you ever struggled to be there for someone?
1: Uh, yes. Um, you know, I, I think having come out and being a mental health and wellness leader, people often will come to me and and, and seek advice or some assistance and some help to, uh, when they are struggling. And, and I have struggled to help people. I'm not an expert. Uh, I'm there to support. And it goes back to when we were talking about our friends, you know, th- when they weren't able to help us. It's it's not, it's not the intention. The, the, the intention is there. We want to help. Uh, we just don't know how in those certain circumstances. Now, I've gotten a little bit better at it. I get it. Um, but, you know, the main reasons is, in my case, uh, you know, why have I struggled? It's been the familiarity sometimes in when people are telling me their stories and my own history, I'm able to easily draw some of those comparisons and instinctively I do want to help. And that's led me to being, you know, maybe trying a little too hard or I'm trying to diagnose the problem or the person and I get a little bit too into it. And that's not always what that individual needs at that time. Um, and, and, and I try to hold myself back now. Um, the other the other area where I've really struggled with has been the effect that person's struggle has had on me. Um, you know, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I haven't quite been at my best. I'm getting better. Um, but, you know, when someone's going through a struggle and if I'm not quite at my best, I do tend to get a little bit scared and how that may impact me could be very negative. So there have been times I've been a little bit fearful of getting involved because, I'm a little bit, I, I'm not at my best. I don't know if I could take this on and I kind of get, I, I I pull back a little bit. Um, but in the end, I, I've always tried to help. And what's made me feel a little bit better is that knowing that what I've done has always been a little bit positive and added a bit of positivity has helped me then in my recovery in some cases. So, <laughs> but the instinctive reaction has been to, no, oh no like protect yourself first. Right. right.
0: Yeah. No, I feel that. I think sometimes it can feel a bit of a burden almost. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because if you're trying to, you feel like you're trying to take their the weight off of their shoulders to help them, mm-hmm. you, you have the right intentions, but it, it depending on where you're at, it can be too much to take on to yeah. your own shoulders.
1: And when I really had probably my worst depressive episode ha- was immediately after my son was born and I was not in my best state and my wife was going through a bit of postpartum at the time. Mm-hmm. That just, I remember very clearly how I wasn't at my best and she wasn't at her best. And then I tried to take on that burden and that fe- those feelings. And then it just, it, it crushed me at that time, yeah. right? Because uh, I wasn't prepared for it. Right. I didn't know how to deal with it at the time. So.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And so while the intentions are, are good and, and pure, we, we do have to make sure that we're still taking care of ourselves during Absolutely. those times. because um, what's that saying? You have to put on your own, put your oxygen, own oxygen mask, mask yeah. <laughs> before you can help somebody else put their oxygen mask on. And so, you know, you do have to keep keep yourself a priority, even when you're being there for, for somebody else. Years ago, I I found help with therapy at at the time in my life, and my therapist at that time had suggested that I, I write everything down that someone is saying to me or that I'm thinking. So if I'm being there for somebody, instead of me absorbing everything that they're saying and kind of taking it on myself and on my own shoulders, I would write down everything that they're saying so that I can step back and actually understand their experience without feeling like I'm in their experience.
1: Yes. That's actually a great one.
0: I found it very helpful. Not even just in that situation of being there for somebody, but just like in life, I found it helpful to try to set some boundaries Yes, and to protect my own feelings and my mental health. Yeah. Last year we talked about jack.org's five golden rules. Mm-hmm. Is there a golden rule that stands out to you the most or or maybe one that you find the hardest to do?
1: I think it was rule number three, hear them out. Um, you know, based on the last questions really that we just talked about, yeah. uh, you know, having been what I've been through uh, and even in my role in the GTA, Uh, it's hard for me to sometimes to just listen and not to speak. I'm so used to trying to talk and trying to share. And um, I've been training myself to be very open about my experience and to share my knowledge and share my experience with others so that they can learn something. And oftentimes when people come to me, then I instinctively go down that path of sharing and talking. Mm -hmm. Instead of sitting back and listening and absorbing and being that sounding board that my performance manager many years ago was for me where they're not giving me advice they just let me vent yeah um and then you know I am trying to be conscientious about that uh, and, and real I'm really trying to 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 learn and be better at that skill and that rule uh, so I can help others more
0: yeah I struggle with that one sometimes as well as someone with my own lived experiences, it's easy to jump into quickly to share your own experience or perspective. And, and I think for me, my intention is usually to show them that they're not alone, that I can relate to them.
1: Our intentions are pure, again, like you said, but it's, and and you and I have talked about this so many times, everybody's experience is so different. We shouldn't really try to relate at times, but we want to, and we, it's instinctive.
0: It's instinctive. Yeah. And so in those settings, you know, I need to I need to check myself and remind myself this this conversation is not about me. That's it's right. It's about them. And so spend that time to better understand their experience and and what I can do to help them and help or help them identify a path that they could move forward with that that resonates.
1: What's helped me in that perspective has been. When someone does come talk to me, I try to limit myself to one very important question. It's what can I do? Mm-hmm. And I'll repeat that question probably three or four times in that conversation when they're sharing is, okay, what can I do to help? How yeah. Or how can I help? Yeah. Um, and I won't give any information. I'll just, okay, what do you need? How can I help? How does this make you feel? Like those types of questions, but my favorite is definitely those first two.
0: Yeah, yeah. One of the other rules that I I really liked, it was rule number one, which is saying what you see. Mm -hmm. And that can be easier said than done, but I, I found that keeping things factual and removing your own assumptions or guesses or perceptions really can change that conversation, um, and it it almost removes judgment. Yeah. So it can be really hard to do, but I have found when I've been able to apply it, it, it's really drastically just changed that tone. Where I think it helps create that safe space.
1: Yeah, and that's so important to to gaining that trust with that individual that they need at that time. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: For our listeners, if if you want to learn more about how to be there for others and support them in striving to thrive, including learning more about these five golden rules that we just touched on, I encourage you to complete the Be There Certificate. It is a free, self-paced online learning experience designed to increase mental health literacy and really provide you with the knowledge, skills, and confidence needed to safely support anyone who may be struggling with their mental health. Uh, I completed this certificate recently. There's also some great tips in the training about how to be there for yourself, essentially, and take care of your own mental health when you're supporting others with mental health challenges. Elario, this is our eighth podcast episode together. Thank you so much for joining me for all of these episodes and our ongoing conversation. I'm really looking forward to the future of where our focus on mental health will go. What are you most looking forward to?
1: I mean, th- this is still a very young program and initiative in the GTA, um, you know, with the GTA Mental Health Network, the GTA uh, uh, Audit uh, Mental Health and Wellness campaigns that we run. Um, we've we've made so much great progress in such a very short period of time. And, you know, we've had a lot of great open conversations. And I think we've really actually made strides in breaking down some of the stigma um, I'm really excited to seeing where, you know, at this pace, where, where does this go next and, and how can we continue to grow? You and I are both still learning a lot uh, yeah. about this, uh, as we're doing it. And I, I'm really excited to see how, you know, how much more we can do and how much good we can do. It, it's really, it's really beneficial. It's really exciting for me.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, and we're living through our own mental health experiences Absolutely. as well. And continuing continuing to learn ourselves on how to apply yes. all of these things <laughs> through through our, you know, life changes and challenges. And so um it's it's really that ongoing conversation. But yes.
1: And every conversation we have, I always say like every conversation, I always feel better about it. So yeah. I, I love the progress from that yeah. perspective too.
0: Yeah. And, and for our listeners, we would love to hear your stories and experiences, and you know, help us build on this conversation to keep helping others in their mental health journey. Remember, you are not alone. Together, we can break the stigma. Together, we can strive to thrive. Together for mental health. Thank you so much for listening to our second podcast series. Let us know what you would like to hear next.